0: you're listening to crafting cannabis with your hosts early bird AutoGrows, blackwater grows and reuter allister all right all right how y'all doing Good, man. hello hello welcome, welcome back. back we have a special guest with us today It's uh paul from cold war organics welcome paul thank you Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, We're uh, we're excited. Very excited to have you.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) we've uh, we've been
2: rocking uh, me and early bird for sure. have been rocking Cold War for quite some time now uh, on and off uh, over the years, uh, especially outdoors for me last year. Um, That's all I did was just 100 (laughs) percent sprinkle around the top of the pot and let it rip. And it was working. Now, he's he's more of a follow the chart kind of guy. So early bird is I'm kind of I I throw it on everything. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it works on anything mm-hmm yeah
2: it's some good yeah. stuff i even put it on my rose bush last year some bud bread how they do oh they did great they did great i yeah. I, I threw some bud bread around them because they had been transplanted to the ground for the first time and uh, i just kept giving it a little bit you know throughout the year and i had a bottle so i might as well used it up
3: yeah <laughs> yeah That's i'm not good surprised stuff. yeah no we've uh we've found there's a lot of different ways to use it you don't really have to mix it with water and do the, the weekly or bi-weekly applications and uh in fact uh I'm growing uh a, a trying to get feminized pollen out of this one uh Bruce Banner plant. And I just mixed, I pre-mixed the the potting soil with the bud bread and just and I haven't had to do anything since the plant germinated. Wow. I nice. haven't wow. done a thing. Nice. And it's doing great.
0: Nice. It. That's great. So is that a uh a photo, Bruce Banner photo that you're working with?
3: Uh, no, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a photo, but it's, photo. Um, I I was really having a very, very difficult time getting it to produce pollen pods. Mm. And I finally got it to produce pollen pods, but uh, it's not producing any pollen. It's okay. got thousands of pollen pods, but there's no pollen in them. Oh. So, I, I mean, this is the fourth year in a row that I've been, trying to get feminized pollen from a bruce banner plant and uh it just isn't cooperating
0: dang well we just talked to uh uh gonsheim genetics a guy who breeds uh mostly like cbd Uh autoflowers and he said he's had a lot of good luck with uh using colloidal silver instead of sts at a higher rate like uh basically a daily spray with colloidal silver that seems to be working out well for him and they even well, never... I
3: use um, I actually moved to the STS, the colloidal silver and gibberellic acid. Oh wow! And, and I did get the pollen pods finally, but like I said, there's no pollen in them.
0: <laughs> Bummer. Well, it's just got just an stubborn, empty pollen sacks. Stubborn strain, huh?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
0: that, uh, uh, so I've never used Cold War myself, but I hear these guys tell me about it all the time, and and I'd be uh, excited to to try some out for sure. Um, so what, what got you guys, uh, started, like what got you started and how does somebody get into making nutrients? And you're like, well,
3: I've been, I've been making organic, uh, plant nutrients since 1983. Okay. And, uh, but back then you couldn't really market it as, uh, you know, a pot fertilizer. So it was... So we had, you know, codes like, what do you use on tomatoes? You know,
2: grow bigger tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, And these
3: guys with brand new pickup trucks and paying for a pallet of fertilizer with hundred dollar bills, yeah. crispy ones, by the way, <laughs> you, you kind of knew what they were up to.
2: <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you so I take it it's you and another man um, uh, running the business. Is that my understanding? The Cold War?
3: Oh, organic, yeah. Cool. Slava and Slava he he immigrated from uh, Ukraine. Oh it's still the Soviet Union back when he immigrated, but well he was fifteen, he was fifteen years old when he came to this country. Wow. But, wow. And he's like so that was probably about thirty years ago. Well,
0: sure. Wow. wow and cool. so and do you both have uh backgrounds in biological chemistry or what uh like how, what kind of what, what well actually no
3: it? because when i first started uh organics to uh conventional wisdom was a joke and i couldn't really get any traction so i i actually became an autodidact and, and taught myself cool. i did my own research and then i ended up writing five books about uh about using uh organics in both horticulture and agriculture and uh, my first book was called edifice which is about uh which is about the soil really and so that's where my most of my expertise lies is in the soil and how plants react in the soil and the interaction that they have with soil organisms
2: very cool damn right i had no idea you had books either that's
3: awesome yeah 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 some Some of them are out of print
2: yeah we'll have to look into that that's pretty neat man
0: oh yeah Right. So, so you were getting down deep into the uh the energy exchange, the nutrient exchange, the whole food web, like the soil food web and all of that,
3: like deep yeah. down there. So yeah I did a, I followed, I shadowed Elaine Ingham for a couple of days uh many years ago. And uh I, I gleaned a lot for her from from her. Yeah.
0: Very cool. And so you're I assume then your uh, like nutrients that you guys are making are are tailored to specific parts of that process you're you're not just feeding the plant you're boosting parts of the process of the whole soil web itself
3: sure yeah i mean we yeah. have to you have to keep in mind a lot of different things when you're formulating fertilizers that are organic because there's certain things that trigger biological reactions and certain things that don't and so you don't want to bypass those reactions too much because if you do that it's sort of like um, intravenous feeding. If you bypass your digestive system, it'll eventually shut down and you'll have all kinds of other problems that are associated with that. Mm.
0: That makes total sense. sure. So almost like uh, like taking a precursor or something that your body needs to make.
3: Right. Well, your body, you know if you give it the resources it needs to make uh, energy really, but also to make uh, defense compounds and and things that allow you to grow and stay healthy, uh, you know, in, uh, immune uh, system compounds, things like that. You know, you really have to have a pretty balanced diet and you have to have vitamins and minerals and things like that. You can't just live solely on macaroni and cheese. <laughs> yeah. You know. My daughter would it argue. Really good.
2: Or Lunchables like me right now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, when you have a newborn, it's tough. It's really <laughs> tough. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm way past that. I have grandchildren now. Oh yeah, and I let my son deal with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: that's his problem, right? Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, that's cool, man. Y'all, so y'all have been really, you've been, you've been around a while. And see, we didn't really, we didn't really grasp y'all until what, maybe three years ago, four years ago is when we started really noticing. Like, I mean, that's when we noticed you, you know? Yeah, um, i say three years. Yeah, a solid three years ago is when we started really taking hold of that. And and I started sure. seeing more and more people started using it. And, uh, you know, and I was running auto pots back then, right at the beginning, trying to figure out the best way to run it. And I was trying to run like, you know, uh, living soil and this, that, and the other. And finally, uh, what I realized and what early birds doing now is the top feed. it's great. If you just shut that water off and let it dry up, and, I mean, it's some good stuff. Really is. Yeah. I mean, you just and you yeah. can kind of make like your own little cocktail like he does weekly. You know, he tell tell him how you do your cocktail, because I tell you, it's 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 working great. You ought to see what his last couple plants. I don't know if you uh if you fool with the Instagram, but he, he I do.
3: I, some... I follow well, I follow everything that's you know, Slava handles their our Instagram account and he, he uh-huh. reposts almost yeah. everything.
2: Yeah. And so yeah. I
3: probably have seen it.
2: Yeah, yeah. His it was it was a monster. I mean, it looked beautiful. The colors, oh man. And that was all, that was all y'all. I mean, that was all organic right there.
4: Yeah, so that's all it was Cold War Organics. Glad so what it. I do, I follow the
2: chart. Um,
4: I got it right here. Yeah, I just follow your chart. Yeah. It's super simple, super easy. It's twice a week. I got the auto pots like Blackwater was saying. And the day before I plan to feed, I'll turn off the valves to the pots, let the trays dry out. And by the next day, next afternoon, they're ready to be, be watered. So i I got a gallon bucket and I just I just make it in increments of one gallon. yeah Yeah. It's super simple. And so then once awesome. it's mixed up, I pH it, add my microbes, and I just water it in. Yeah. Until I see runoff. Super simple, super easy. And it's not a lot. It's you only got you got what four products, but you'll really only need three. Because right. the fourth one is for transplanting.
3: Right. We yeah. um You know, we looked at a lot of the cannabis growing products out there before we developed this line. And what and what we saw was these incredibly complicated regimes of using Mm -hmm. 30 to 40 different products and and most of them were liquids that had a very limited shelf life. And you know, we just thought, you know, we gotta simplify this. There's no reason why it has to be this complicated. And so we wanted to simplify it so that anybody could could grow in their backyard or in their closet for that matter. And you know, and so we tried to create this very, very simple system with very few products. And in the reality, you know, you could get away with just one or two of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure.
3: Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, they were designed it yeah, really you can get away designed for um, for biological growing. So people who are using Hydroponics are not getting as much of a benefit from our products as people who are growing in soil. So uh, the you know the hydroponics you you're going to have to add microbes because there aren't you're you're in an inert material. There's no microbes there to mineralize the ingredients in Bud Bread or Coming of Age, you know, or Angel's Touch. So you, you know you have to have some of those microbes, and once you have some of those, they feed upon that material and they multiply. And so you get a really good, healthy population of biology in your, in your soil. You or really do.
0: Hydroponic you really water, do. you know?
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, really it really does. Would a compost tea be enough to, to sort of just go in parallel with corn? Absolutely. Worms, but
3: compost tea is one of those things that it's as much of an art as it is a science to make good compost tea. And bad compost tea is can really be detrimental to your plants.
0: Mm. That makes sense. Totally. Yeah, I'm sure you can overdo one or other part of it. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't done it. Well, if, it you, go, too if far. you
3: let your tea go anaerobic, it creates alcohols, and alcohols are going to really uh, set your plants back. Oh, wow. Sure. I didn't know that.
2: Sure. So you don't want it to go too far. Yeah. That's your Yeah. Saying. So a lot
3: of people make the mistake of adding too much nutrient to their tea as they're brewing it. And, uh, and the, microbes multiply so fast that they actually use up all the oxygen in the water. And once they've done that, the whole batch has gone anaerobic. And in my, in my opinion, it's better off to just dump the whole batch and start over rather than Mm -hmm. try to bring it back. Yeah, But uh, once it goes anaerobic and you can tell when it goes anaerobic because it gets that kind of rotten egg smell and uh, a good batch of compost tea doesn't have anything, but uh, like an earthy smell to it. It really, and so what I usually recommend to people, and you can uh, read this on our website too, is that if you're going to use uh, Bud Red or Angel's Touch or um, Coming of Age in your compost tea, add it at the very, very end of the brew batch just before you're ready to apply it. That way it doesn't give the microbes that much time to suck all the oxygen out of the water.
2: Mm, That's true that's true makes sense yeah it does actually um when you look at it from the micro point of view yeah i mean that totally makes sense and i was gonna say like as far as a hands-off approach as far as using the product like i'm like example number one like if it's the laziest possible way to do it i'm doing it and yeah i have (laughs) had look (laughs) yeah and, and honestly the only the only negative side effect i've had and it's really been from overdosing it um, is a uh, 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 toxicity in the nitrogen, you know, and yeah. that's no big deal. What do you do? That was because, and I know what I did. Like, okay, yeah. all right, well, don't give them as much next time. Like, it's that right. easy. It's that and easy. Can, to-
3: and you can rinse it out. You can rinse out that extra yeah. you could. excess nitrogen you could. once it's once the yeah. nitrogen is mineralized. Yeah. Uh, the plant has to convert it back into protein, and if there's too much there that the plant can't really handle it. That's why, a lot of time, that's why they always tell you not to, to put too much nitrogen down in the flowering stage. Because what happens is the plant has to convert that nitrogen into protein. And in order to do so, it has to photosynthesize energy. So it creates a lot of leaf and stalk, but not much in the way of buds. True. So that's why it's not a good idea to add a lot of nitrogen during the fl- flowering
2: stage. Yep, one hundred percent agree. Uh, and and that's that's what I've noticed. Uh, and I'm, what I have is a little like te- uh, tablespoon. This one little tablespoon stainless steel scoop, and that's how I make my judgments based on what I see. <laughs> it's yeah. how I was using it. That's how I did all my outdoor shit last year. Yeah, um, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. It's very, very, very cool shit. Like it's it's as far as simplicity. That's what gets me. And That's why I love about it. Yeah. Um, just that wettable powder power. Eh, powder okay. i can't call <laughs> <laughs> um but it's good it's really good uh my biggest thing was uh i wasn't mixing it enough and i got scolded for that by uh, early bird <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wasn't mixing it a out a bit i was using like a little uh plastic uh spoon um butter knife uh, yeah
3: butter knife <laughs> just Stir mixing it, it up and i was like oh that's good enough let's dump yeah. it in <laughs> well we can, we have you know in the bud bread we have and, and the coming of age we have some insoluble ingredients, because yeah. in organic, you know, Mother Nature doesn't really want everything to be soluble and quickly available, because otherwise it would bypass the biology in the soil. So uh, so a lot of the organic ingredients are not soluble. So what we did was we ground them super, super fine mm-hmm. so that they will suspend in water. And eventually, I mean, if you leave it, leave it setting in water for a little while, you can see some of the stuff will settle out.
4: Yeah, but I notice. I, I notice with the coming of age, especially when when I when I mix it up and I with all the bubbles and everything clear, there's a little bit of white looking dust on bottom. Yeah, that never dissolves.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it won't dissolve. But yeah, but it's fine enough that if you can agitate your your mixture enough, it'll it'll just suspend, and mm-hmm. then and then you'll mm-hmm. feed the plants, and then the and then the biology and the soil will take care of the rest.
4: Yeah. Correct.
3: and that's the problem with modern agriculture it doesn't give biology enough credit you know (laughs) they're coming around though i gotta say because i've been doing this for 40 years since 1983 and uh back when i started uh organics was like i said it was just a joke and people didn't really understand or believe that how important biology and soil is oh yeah now they're starting to come around and say yeah you know like um for example, Cornell is they do a soil health test and they measure much more about biology and organic matter and, and uh you know certain natural enzymes and things like that than they ever did in the past.
0: When when did you see that or when do you think that shift happens because I would have pictured early 80s that a lot of I would say it
3: happened let's see I started in 83 so 83 83 I'd say around 2000, between 2000
0: and 2005.
3: Right on. It really when, started. Out. That's when, that's when I noticed that the whole market kind of was, you know, opened their eyes and said, "Hey, you know, there's something to this organics. I'm, I'm going to look into it a little bit closer."
0: Right on. Yeah, and I know um, my personal introduction to this whole concept was uh, Polyface Farms. I'm forgetting that guy's Joel Salatin. Sure, um, yeah. what is it,
3: Joel Salatin.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And heard him on some interviews and uh, and some documentaries, and that's what kind of got me interested in the idea. But yeah, yeah, it seems like at a certain point in history, if you brought up organics, everybody would have said, you you just mean farming? Like when, yeah. do you, when did we change over to the industrial side? Was that like maybe in the 60s, when more industrial agriculture would have started really getting, you know, Actually,
3: it it went back farther than that. It goes back all the way to World War II. For sure. uh, Because nitrates were used in explosives. And when the war was over, they said, well, what are we going to use with these? What are we going to do with these nitrates? So they started, you know, Uh they started using them in agriculture.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. And then that was one of the causes of the Dust Bowl, too. I always forget about that.
3: Oh, for sure. They
0: stripped it. It was a
3: destruction. Well, what caused a dust Bowl more than the chemical agriculture was the cultivation practices, because every time you cultivate the soil, you destroy organic matter and organic matter is what holds moisture, it holds the soil together, you know it flocculates soil particles it it is the home for all of the biology that lives in the soil you know and it's resources for them too so you know without organic matter uh you just have dust,
0: sure. Yeah,
3: And, you know, the Great Plains, that organic matter was probably, I don't know, 40, 50 feet deep before they started our, you know, tilling it. And now, you know, it's, there's very little wow. organic left. Wow. Yeah. Wow! Thanks to the, the mil- millions of buffalo that, that would graze the Great Plains and, you know, and crop all over the place. It, you know, it just was a sustainable system.
2: Yeah but for them, you
4: know. Yeah. Shame. We had to go mess it all up. How about how about all the big how about all the big trees?
0: Yeah, it was all be? those
3: buffalo skins that we had to have. You know? yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a wild thing. Well, I mean, I guess some some bright side of it that people are learning more now, and hopefully we can combat Monsanto and that kind of stuff on like a personal level, you know. Sure.
3: Well, Monsanto was bought by Bayer. And uh they and I think bear bought a pig and a poke because there's all kinds of
2: lawsuits going on now, yeah for, right. over um roundup, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, yeah, yeah that's that's there. what's gonna kill me by the way, just just so y'all know,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it, that's gonna be the thing. It's gonna be like nope, no, I call it a cancer gloss of fate, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yep. uh, and fruit roll ups, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pops. Tootsie Pops, yeah, it's more like <laughs> it. so, so were you were you always interested in this topic like in parallel with cannabis? Or did that come about a little bit later?
3: Uh well I've been growing cannabis for a lot longer than it's been legal to do. Sure.
0: That. Damn <laughs> no. right. Statute. Right. <laughs>
3: so um yeah, so I applied, you know, my my knowledge of of soil and uh, and fertilizers and you know interactions between the two, uh, to that to that crop as well. But you know, it was always it was always a backyard operation for me. I wasn't my living by any means. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, understood. Side question. Now that's making me think of some fun questions. Like, how did you source genetics when you were doing that? Did you just, like I hope I get a, a cut from someone, or did you have a place you could get seeds you, through High Back Times? Like then
3: back then there we didn't have genetics we just had you know we had buds that had seeds in them and we would save seed. the seeds and we never knew sure. what we were going to get out of them.
2: yeah sure but sure.
3: and and you always and they were regular seeds you know they oh, weren't yeah. feminized. you know I mean this these this age of feminized seeds <laughs> and and clones is such a luxury compared Isn't to the, the good old days but well, they weren't the good old days they were the bad old days <laughs> <laughs>
2: dude it's right though
3: not, not only did you lose half your crop to males but you you also uh had to worry about getting your property confiscated You know, yeah all the time
0: yeah, yeah. sure yeah no
2: doubt <laughs> man i'll tell you what that's, it's it's that's crazy some... how much that's
0: changed just just a yeah. little bit of time if you think about yeah. it man. yeah yeah it's wild Now, if you don't mind talking about it were you running lights Inside or were you going outside? You said backyard no, I was operation. Strictly
3: outdoors. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Actually, I did have an indoor operation at one point, uh, and um, and I I stopped using it because I was using this thousand watt metal hal- halide lamp that yeah. worked great, but it used so much electricity. Mm-hmm. I was paranoid that somebody was going to get wind of the fact that my electric bill was going through the roof, <laughs> and that. Yeah. Uh, and that they you know it was suspicious and back then they were actually looking at that and busting people for for indoor operations
2: it, it, yeah mm-hmm. like yeah that's some wild shit that had to have been so nerve that well, yeah. was
3: before the days of led you know so mm-hmm. oh yeah.
0: yeah i remember that even in the 90s they would you know they were scanning for heat you know oh. and, like scanning for hot houses or like you said sort of right. watching power bills and I had a sure. couple buddies that that would worry about that. You know, you get a two thousand yeah. dollar power bill, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah so I stopped.
3: I stopped that. I was strictly outdoors for most of the time that I did it, mm. and I'm still outdoors. I'm still a big fan of outdoors. Oh
4: yeah, cool. cool. So I assume you, if you were doing it outdoors, you had like a decent piece of property that you were like isolated from the rest of the public, or were you just yeah, like I, at all? yeah, I
3: kind of. I kind of had to carve out a hole in the woods and <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, and lug uh, huge bales of peat moss and shit up the hill and, <laughs> and uh, back in the day when I had the strength to do that, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. So now, at that time, were you like developing your your product with some of these plants that you're growing outside, or was like?
3: Well, yeah, yeah, my using that for your my, uh, my company that I started in '83 was called is called north country organics and that's still we're still in business we're still going strong and uh cold war organics we started in 2017.
0: okay oh wow okay cool so that so you guys must have seen you know like uh you had those conversations that hey this market is coming about hey we can actually sell this and say it's for cannabis and not have to worry about it when was that moment for you guys
3: It was was, uh, 2016. We started looking at the markets. Uh, We started looking at the states that were legalizing. And we kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, even if uh, even in the states that, you know, have medical legalized, but not recreational, that the authorities just don't care anymore, you know. Mm, And so, you know, any even in in places like um, California, where. A lot of people are still doing black market because the uh, you know to do it legally is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, they the they've made it so that the penalties for getting caught doing black market are pretty minimal. They're just a misdemeanor. so mm-hmm. so it's like there's no incentive to actually leave the black market to take down no. you
4: know? yeah, I've noticed in this little pamphlet that comes with some of your orders. I mean, inside it tells you it's right for cannabis.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Hey, I, I'm jealous of your scoop, though. He he, he got him a, a scoop, and I guess I guess it comes with the bigger bottles on your uh, Amazon. Uh,
3: you know, I if you uh, if you uh, DM Slava, I'm sure he'll uh-huh. send you a scoop. Yeah, those are just really, they're really sexy. They're really, no, I like them. Yeah, these, I like these them.
4: scoops are
2: cool. Yeah, y'all should That's just true. sell those as by themselves so people can buy them like off to the side. You should just sell them because they're nice little scoops. I checked his yeah. out the other day. I was like, dude, I'm jealous. I was like, I got to get me one of these. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I've been using this uh, tablespoon thing. I've just been measuring by rack of the eye, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah for like a year we were like how do people like we've always seen these
4: scoops on Instagram yeah. we and we're like how do people them. get these scoops yeah <laughs> we could never yeah. find them but then i ordered the big the big container of bud bread and hair came along my scoop yeah so I we guess. finally yeah.
2: figured it out the secret yeah. we were we finally yeah. unlocked it <laughs>
3: <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, well Yeah, well, given the
2: way you guys are promoting us, I'm sure Slava would be happy to send you a super (laughs) tip. No, we just we just love your shit, man. He just
0: sent me a t-shirt. Nice. I got a question, and if this is proprietary, feel free to just say so. Uh, But like when you when you guys are manufacturing, like uh, I guess I'm curious about how you obtain the constituents. You know, is it is it it's organic materials that are just kind of sort of dried out and then processed into into certain constituents uh or do you guys have like a where we break down certain extracts from organic materials like i'm just trying to wrap my head around how that how that works sourcing an organic product you know in, into a dry powder basically is what i'm curious right
3: about. well we you know we're very we were very careful when we developed cobalt organics line because there are certain ingredients that we use in the north country organics products that really aren't appropriate for mixing with water uh, they just you couldn't grind them fine enough. Their density is way too low. So they, you know, if your density is less than the weight of water, than the uh, specific gravity of water, then it's just going to float on top. It's not going to suspend very well. So, mm. so we had to be cognizant of all of that uh, when we developed the Cold War line. But the ingredients that we use in uh, Cold War are the same ingredients that we use for North Country Organics. But what we do is we Grind them all really, really fine. Whereas in North Country Organics, we want them relatively granular because in conventional gardening and agriculture and horticulture, people use spreaders, and you can't spread dust with a spreader. You have to you have to have a granular material. So basically, the big difference is uh, taking those ingredients, the appropriate ones for cold war organics, and grinding them into you know uh, particles that are only a few microns across, and then. Uh, and then they can mix and suspend in water, but uh, they wouldn't be appropriate for North Country Organics at all.
0: Sure. So North Country Organics is more geared towards agriculture, you know, f- yes. field field growing. Yeah, probably
3: our biggest category, well, our biggest category of customers uh, is probably certified organic farms. Uh, cool. However, uh, the retail market has really taken off and a lot of people really love, to put uh, our North Country Organics products in their gardens. Nice. Oh, wow. And in fact, we have a product, North Country Organics has a product called Pro Hemp, which we sell to hemp farmers uh, because the Cold War organics is a little too expensive for growing hemp. Hemp doesn't have the value that uh, marijuana has. So you, right. uh, it just doesn't justify itself as much uh, sure. on a hemp farm, especially a large scale hemp farm. Yeah.
0: So you, so I know there's quite a few commercial facilities that are organic now. Is that our, our Cold War of working on that scale as well with commercial production?
3: Um, to a certain extent, yes, I believe it is. But cool. you know, most of our customers don't don't really tell us what you know, what they're doing. But I would say that you know yeah. the
2: based on know, what you've, you've seen, yes, probably.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we've got cool. we've got quite a few brick and mortar uh, places now that are. That are reselling our products,
2: and we don't know who they're selling it to—whether yeah, sure. it's commercial yeah. users or not. You know, that's cool, though, sure. man. Yeah, that's great. It's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Because, I, yeah, y'all are y'all are doing good stuff. I mean, it really is. It's it's a great great product to use Thank if you're you. trying to be organic. You know, and you're, you this is a great option. You know, it definitely is. Um, I'm not currently using it in my indoor just because I'm I'm using salts right now. Um, in the res and that's something that I probably would run if if I thought would run through the res properly and not die on the way there you know getting to the roots Um but yeah good stuff man it really is it that is the organic way to go for sure for our lazy guy like me. <laughs>
4: now your products they, they come they say clean green certified is that similar
3: to OMRI listed or what is that? It is but here's the deal with OMRI they only certify what it can be used on a uh, organic farm. So uh, marijuana, because it's still federally illegal, is not considered an agricultural crop. Therefore, it's outside the scope of OMRI's, uh, you know, OMRI's review operation. Mm-hmm. So they they won't review something that's specifically for marijuana. Now, clean, green, certified. Basically, they look at the same, uh, same things as Armory looks at, but they do it for uh, for mar- for you know inputs for marijuana. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that uh, pretty much all of the ingredients in our Cold War products are Armory listed. So, oh, okay. so that that kind of makes it. Uh, I mean, I can't claim that it's an Armory listed product because. It, it isn't, and they have rules about making the claim that uh, it's okay because all the ingredients are armory listed. But, but sure. uh, you know, but that is the fact. It is so.
2: Yeah. But we don't yeah. we
3: don't claim to be armory uh, armory reviewed. We just claim to be uh, clean green certified.
0: Yeah, understood. Cool. Understood. That's cool. It's cool that there's other mechanisms to make those claims. Now yes. Than yeah. just through the USDA. Yeah. Right
2: yeah it's like i don't even care like all right yeah okay like it matters you know what i mean yeah well there's i know i know i know
3: you know in the past there have been people who have cheated with their organic claims and Mm -hmm. it's hurt the whole industry you know
2: well i just mean in general as far as who tests it as long as someone's testing it like i'll i mean that's a good claim for me you know what i mean like yeah. I, I don't need the federal government, you know, or whoever <laughs> testing right. it and getting it like I, I, any kind of approval is fine with me, you know, as long as it's sure. tr- trusted and everyone yeah. agrees, Yeah. you know?
4: Yeah. I always figured it was a, like yeah. a,
2: an equivalent to Omri listed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how I look at it. You know, Yeah, I just figured it's another way for them to make money. <laughs> so I just like, nah, uh, uh-uh. no, nope, yeah. I'm not falling for that.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I suspect that if, Cannabis, you know, THC cannabis ever becomes federally legalized or at least unscheduled, you know, in the DEA's Mm -hmm. uh, book, then I suspect Armory will probably start.
2: Yeah, they uh, would totally, totally start
3: reviewing those kinds of things. And they do review a lot of products that are used for growing cannabis, but they're also used for other things, and that's what allows Armory to review them.
0: You know, understood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool so what, man. so what are you growing right now you were talking earlier about trying to feminize a, a bruce banner Do you got anything else that you're that you're working on that you're growing at home
3: uh given the snow and ice on the ground i'm not growing anything right now <laughs> i've <Right on. laughs> <laughs> got i've got this one i got this one little growth chamber that i i'm trying to produce uh feminized pollen uh, you know it's funny Is it four years ago i did it with uh durbin poison and i had great success. I I got. I had like a three to four foot plant. And it gave me fifteen hundred feminized seeds. I was so thrilled. Wow. So then I decided, well, I want to try this with another strain. And for the last three or four years, I've been failing with Bruce Banner. I don't know what it is, but some of these hybrids are very resistant to to changing their sex. You
0: know. <laughs> sure, they're I wonder if it's if it's established for that long. Those and those genetics just keep getting reworked. Then it's. You know, it's locked in certain traits probably won't, like you said, it won't do other things.
3: Yeah. it's not as well there's versatile. certain, you know, there's certain strains that really do better in Vermont. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I had a strain, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Uh it really, it was terrible. It just got it got diseased. And it's growing right next to Bruce Banner and Purple Cush, and all of those are doing great. And then I have this one uh God, I can't remember the name of it. That's so what happens when you get into your seventies. You can't remember shit. Seventies yeah. um, <laughs> uh, stoner problems. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, it's probably not a seventies problem. <laughs> but anyway, this one particular um, strain that I grew, it was terrible for where I was growing it, and I suspect it would be great in the desert Southwest, but it wasn't good in Vermont.
4: Yeah, what's your growing? season like in vermont
3: well uh it varies from year to year but typically the last frost is um actually the last frost can be as late as uh june June yeah but uh but you know your, your your plants cannabis plants are pretty resilient so even if the leaves get burned a little bit they'll usually come back you know there's yeah. enough energy in their root system that they can produce new new foliage. But so, yeah, so I usually get stuff in the ground oh, early May, yeah. and then I gotta I gotta harvest it um, between mid September and mid October, depending on the strain, because some strains mature earlier than others. So right, sure. But yeah, I always yeah. grow photos. I did. I have dabbled with autos, and I just I wasn't impressed with the yield. So yeah. So sure. I I like the photos. You know.
2: I think we should send you a few autos. <laughs> There's I some think we that are should send something like fuel. crazy right now. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. change your mind. Yeah, just okay. just a just a few. Just a few, just to try out, just to throw a sprinkle in the backyard here. sprinkle sure. over here. You know, try it out. I, see I will think. experiment
3: with it for yeah. sure.
2: Yeah, because uh, there is there is some crazy shit out right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, There is. Yeah. Well the um, geneticists are
3: doing a good job. I mean, Alice yeah. was always such a low THC strain. And now with all the breeding that they've done. They've created these autos that are really awesome
0: yeah i think part of that is now it's a at least from what i can see it's a real mark of pride for somebody who does autoflower to have brought a photo period and those traits into an autoflower and done that whole breeding process so yeah. maybe be, yeah. because that's kind of like a a thing that people are striving for there's more of it happening yeah, you yeah. Know, so that the pool it's is pretty, kind of getting stronger sort of. yeah that yeah. pool is getting strong it's,
3: Fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> really but you know, I suppose if I didn't have such a short growing season up here, yeah. uh, that autos would be much more attractive because I could just grow them.
2: That's what I'm know? planning on doing. Yeah. We're, we're we're down we're down from you, and uh, yeah, we're uh, that that's our that was my issue last year with the photos. It's like the Cold War made them look beautiful, but then. The re-veg screwed them all to hell.
3: <laughs>
2: oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what messed us up. I
3: actually, I got, um, I've got a couple of customers that are mo- that monster crop, and they, uh, they're kind of they are so weird looking after yeah. they go through the second or third st- st- yeah, stage stage vegging. but yeah, but yeah. You know, the guy he he can cont- he's getting a continuous harvest, you yep. know, yep. three hundred sixty five cool. days a year can't he can pick it. a butt off and.
2: Well, wow. it's amazing! Can you imagine,
3: yeah,
0: that's interesting.
4: Growing outdoors is a a task all on its own. Yeah. It's yeah. so much uh, for me, at least. I it was so hard last last year well, when look. I was trying keeping up with with these, these dang old pests out here. These beetles and everything else just was just. Everything was against me. Dude, Indoors right. is definitely my garlic <laughs> style. And they
2: were getting chewed up left and right by those beetles and shit. Like <laughs> it was terrible, man. Yeah, I struggled
3: outside. That's interesting because i I've had more pest problems growing in chambers than I have outdoors. Really? But yeah, because I because you yep. get um I don't know where they come from, but I get aphids. I get uh, uh, fungus gnats. I get all kinds of things in my chamber. Yeah, I have to be very, very careful with the watering. Uh, I have to let the plant dry out almost almost to the stage of wilting, you wow. know, before I rewater it because otherwise I get fungus gnats and but outdoors I I I do worry about um deer and woodchucks and <laughs>
2: you know squirrels yeah.
3: uh yeah. and uh and and teenagers they're they're uh, probably the biggest pest you know yeah, sure. if they if they see your plants they're going to take them and they have no sure. idea whether they're mature or not you know yeah they just, you know, yeah they probably don't even think <laughs> to dry it they probably just <laughs> smell you know, this weed we got yeah we're we gonna smoke it right now yeah, right <laughs> you know, and then you know if they if they they harvest it in the veg stage you're just going to get nothing but a headache and
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
3: Right. but they'll pass that joint yeah man this shit's really good
2: <laughs> that was the that was the highest i ever was <laughs> shit. Oh,
0: shit. i did not know i had i had a plant outside once uh at, at a friend's place that disappeared and it was always a point of contention as to whether it was a deer oh, or get. a person yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah there's a we have the deer thing too, and usually, honestly, we'll just go. Uh, every time I go tend to things, I'll just take a leak all around the edge of the garden, and just uh, keep that scent going there. It Patrol to so far, yeah. Patrol, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. that helps.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. But
3: you know, also if there's other stuff for them to eat, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I don't worry about it. You know, the woodchucks, I'll I'll plant uh, um, cabbage uh you know in in an area that's not too close so it doesn't attract them to my plants but far but close enough that they can smell the cabbage and yeah, they'll go eat cool. that instead you know
2: Smell nice. the cabbage
3: damn woodchucks, yeah.
2: damn woodchucks. chips <laughs> so <you have> like,
0: <laughs>
3: so like trap,
2: plants.
0: trap plants for herbivores too right
2: yeah. yeah
0: yeah i wonder if you could do that with deer with like um Alfalfa and you know cover crop, if that'd be easier to them. Oh yeah, definitely good. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. A lot of people, you know, like um, they have issues with. uh, Well, some people have issues with crows, but I don't plant seeds outdoors. I always have transplants. So, but a crow Mm -hmm. will dig up the seed uh, just as it Uh germinates. You know, Uh but a lot of people they'll put out a bowl of cracked corn or something, and the crows will just pig Mm -hmm. out on that. Mm -hmm. What is that? Oh, no. of <laughs> 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 that looks like uh Damn, look, look <laughs> <Right>. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, my my thing outside was grasshoppers. I had a really hard time with grasshoppers last year. There were just tons yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well you know we, uh, we market this product called um oh god, it's garlic. It's uh it's, it's produced by this company out in California called, or Washington state called garlic labs. And, uh, it's, it's a hundred percent garlic juice or close to it anyway. And wow. like a gallon of it will treat 20 acres. But the problem with it is, is that if you treat everything with this garlic, uh, that, you know, then there's nothing for you, these, these uh, herbivores to eat and they'll, they'll eat through it. But if you leave something for them, you know, uh, somewhere that's untreated, they'll just eat that
0: plant and leave the rest alone. Okay. Yeah. You know? Cool. Yeah. I may try that out. Awesome. Yeah. I did. I ended up making a homemade solution based on a, a, a friend of ours, uh, Real Green Monster, makes his capsaicin spray. So I did yeah. that with uh, habanero and garlic. And that, yeah, that, that seemed yeah. seem to work, yeah. Um, but they still. Although some animals
3: out. can't taste, Um, they can't taste capsaicin. They'll just Mm. eat right through it. Um, I know chickens are one of them, but I I don't know about. (laughs) 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 But I tend to I tend to grow um, grow in a weed field, and so I let the weeds grow up, and then I train my plants. I bend them over and stake them to the ground, and then I get all these colas that come up, and they don't get up higher than the weeds, so nobody can see them. And plus the weeds are, are, you know, forage for some of the pests that might eat my plants. Sure. You, know? yeah. you,
0: you, you have, you end up having probably due to cold war, like healthy plants that can keep the pests off when they're in. Cause I would imagine them being in weeds that you would get spider mites and all sorts of things.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do see some spider mites occasionally, but it's, you know, like I said, I've seen it in some strains and not others. And so, the strains that really do well up here are Bruce Banner and Purple Kush and Dark Star. Uh, so, you know, some of those do really well. I I developed a strain called uh, I call it Dad P, which is uh, DADP, which is Dur- uh, Diesel Afghan Durban Poison cross. Oh. and that wow. did really well up up here too.
0: That sounds fun. That sounds fun as shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a cross that you made that you worked yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: Okay.
0: Wow. Was that was Diesel Afghan one of the parents, or was that Diesel and Afghan?
3: It was. It was a no. It was Diesel Afghan was one of the parents, and I used feminized uh, Durban Poison pollen.
0: Cool. Yeah, right. yeah that created, sounds nice. Yeah. Dad yeah,
3: pee.
2: It's a pretty nice dad pee. I like that <laughs> dad pee. That's good. Dad pea, yeah. Yeah. It
3: doesn't have it doesn't have the smell of dad pee. but
2: I, I think <laughs> I think I think we should do a bean swap. What do you say? I think uh Rudy's got some shit he can send you. Sure. And, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we could get some dad pee sent on down this way.
3: I think I have some. I, think I have some
2: dad peas. <laughs> <to have> <laughs> oh, shit. That's no, the Rudy Rudy's one, the one that he's been working on, uh that one is going to be mold resistant as well, correct? isn't that one of those ones that should potentially have know, that quality? I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was one of, I thought that was one of the traits for the uh, mom or the dad or yeah. whatever you did. It. Uh, it's no.
3: the, uh, the climate in Vermont in the fall is typically wet and cold. Yeah. And there are yeah. certain strains that just love to grow powdery mildew or some kind of black rot on it. Um, yeah. and you know, and, uh, I'm real careful about that. I don't even even in when I make tinctures, I don't want any of that no. uh that fungus in there. Yeah. And I know yeah. that cuz I use uh 200 proof uh alcohol to uh to make my tincture. Oh, and cool. I know it would kill any fungal organism, but I still don't want it there.
0: <laughs> and then you still have like the 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 actual byproduct of the organisms themselves, right? Like aflatoxins and other things even though they're dead, they leave behind materials in
3: in i I don't think um, they could i don't think anything could live in that alcohol it's 200 proof i mean i've tried uh a couple of drops of tincture under my tongue and that 200 proof alcohol just burned the shit out of (laughs) you that'll wake you up yeah yeah i was afraid it was gonna burn right through my chin oh yeah like acid
0: (laughs) i uh i i hope my the strains i'm working on are mold resistant but i didn't have that like i actually had a problem with that last year same as same as your northern cold wet climate in the fall and a couple of plants just were completely covered in white fuzz i mean yeah. it was just they were done for okay. um so uh there i have some things that i'm looking at but uh, no these the ones i have right now are really actually susceptible <laughs> to bud rot. oh so, those ones are okay i got it back yeah. sorry yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, we'll see how it goes.
3: Oh, uh, it was white widow.
0: White widow.
3: White widow. White widow doesn't do well in Vermont.
0: No, uh, sure.
3: No.
0: Good to know. They, actually, when you mentioned Durban, Durban was one of the ones that did best for me outside. Uh, yeah, it got all like. I had a lot wet. of luck
3: with Durban. Yeah, the, the biggest drawback to Durban is those plants grow so tall that you can see them from a mile away.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. especially yeah. if you're trying to grow between the weeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now yeah. is
4: Vermont a legal state?
3: Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you can and you can grow your own, but they have these restrictions which are kind of ridiculous. You're only allowed six plants and only two can be mature. So that works great with autos. So you sure. could have you know you could have 18 plants, uh, you know, and and you know, if you stagger the planting, then you know you can have two at a time that are mature yeah but but to tell you the truth i don't think anybody pays attention to that and and i don't think the authorities do either but that's yeah. the rule that's the rule they made up you know yeah sure. that's what happens when you get politicians involved in, in <laughs> yeah you know, right yeah. at home stuff you know <laughs> uh, right, right. right
4: here in virginia we're at yeah. four but it's any
0: stage of life yeah yeah it's yeah. uh we so I think, think I think
3: the 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 uh rational the rationale in the six plant limit was that they thought half of them would be males and so you'd have to throw them out anyway so but the, but the they just weren't thinking in terms of clones or feminized seeds or anything like that you know yeah yeah,
2: yeah. they don't know what they're talking about or how easy it is to make another one's like clip okay right
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think yeah, a lot right. of people too. Like you said, a lot of people are just like, Tell me "What do I get fined for?" And like, "What am I in trouble for?" I'll just not do that. You know,
2: right? Yeah, right. Most people are going to do that. Yeah, exactly. All right, I won't do that. All right, cool. Because they have Because <laughs> they There's have limits.
0: Bucks. Where this yeah. this is this is cool. For this amount, you get a fine, and for this amount, you're in trouble. Right? Yeah. So I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'll risk a fine. Whatever. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll
2: take a fine." <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. I was in a bind, man. Come on.
2: Yeah, I'll take the fine shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> as long as they don't confiscate your plants, you know? right? Well,
0: well, they, like, no! they, they do. They do. That's in the Michigan law. It is. It's uh, anything Here's over a twelve. Here's a branch. Mm-hmm. You got a fine, take... up. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we, we uh, I think we got it really nice with a twelve count. That's this where our home count is in Michigan, and that's pretty yeah. healthy.
3: I couldn't yeah. imagine. So,
0: you lucky bastards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: that's pretty <laughs> nice. Yeah
0: yeah 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 Arizona just right. went wrecked too and I think that there's six as well I think a lot of states are six six yeah yeah of course well, Virginia, they, they, Virginia you you know, a lot poor. of these
3: politicians are copycats they just they find a uh you know a state let's look at their rules and we'll just do that we'll
2: just yeah. do that yeah it's like yeah. I, think I like how they did it let's do it that way yeah 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 yes yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you and then well, look, what look what do they just do what do they just do in Virginia's uh early Bird they just changed something recently or the wording. What was it? Yeah,
4: I forget. I can't but remember. Yeah,
2: they did just change something, but it, yeah. I don't think it was drastic. It wasn't drastic, but nonetheless, they were already changing the law. Like yeah, they were trying making, to it. They're making adjustments already. And it's like, come on, man. Like just, it's well, bad I no, You back, only gave us four. They pushed
4: back uh, like sales from 2024 to 2025. I know that. Yeah,
2: so they can think about it longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. they don't have it set up right yet for sales, like through the state. Like that I'm aware, yeah, there's of. no dispos that I'm yeah.
3: aware of. So, yeah. yeah, it took Vermont three years to implement uh, uh, sales and taxation. Okay. Uh, yeah. Between well, when they actually passed the law to allow recreation and when they actually had dispensaries selling it, you know. Yeah. I think it was about a three-year period.
2: Yeah. So that's what we're on track for. So,
3: yeah. You got to understand they have to make it as complicated as they possibly can. They
2: have to. Yeah. yeah. Make sure everybody's getting their pockets lined and then they can proceed.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And then make sure only like people with hundreds of thousands of dollars liquid can get into, get into the market. Yeah. Sure. Well,
3: yeah. you know, I'll give Vermont a lot of credit because they're actually uh, forming their rules to avoid that they really, really want to help the small mom-and-pop operations really? they want to help people who have in the past been um you know uh caught and and uh imprisoned and and you know and their their records have been ruined and and their lives have been ruined they're trying to help those people now expunging yeah. their records and and doing all this other stuff and basically actually if you were uh, a minority who got in trouble for, uh, for growing or selling weed back in the day, uh, you had a better, you have a better chance of getting a dispensary license in Vermont than you do than somebody who's got a clean record. Cause you oh, have wow. experience. So it's wow.
4: more of like a, uh, like a, yeah. uh, like we're sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's because <laughs> you have yeah. job experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it of job experience. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well
3: they know. Okay. I
2: can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not-
3: <laughs> politics in vermont are yeah. pretty palatable
2: yeah that's good i didn't know anything about that so that's good on y'all that's good yeah that's great hell yeah that sounds like vermont sounds pretty good right this time of year what do you say they are i <laughs> love, <laughs> I love living here i absolutely
3: love living here
2: <laughs> that's cool man go, go sell some weed catch a charge and now you're you got a, a yeah free pass to a to a commercial mm-hmm. start yeah, yeah. right it counts. It counts on the resume, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it's it's, it's right. it is how the world works now. <laughs> it's like affirmative
3: action for dispensaries.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's too good. That is cool, though. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah, yeah it's, very uh, cool, man. We're hoping there would be more chance for people because, like, so I don't know. I think like it'd be reasonable if all these licensing fees and stuff were were in the tens of thousands. You know, so let's say it's like 10, 15, 20,000 to get into licensing for for retail or for a commercial dispensary. But I mean, it's so much more than that, at least in other states like here. I mean, yeah, 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 they tried to
3: make it affordable for, like I say, for the mom and pop operations. And, yeah. you know, if you wanted to grow. Uh, I think it's a couple of thousand square feet uh, outdoors. The permit was like maybe I don't know, two, three
0: hundred dollars, something like that. Oh, wow! Damn. See, that's that's incredible. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't even thinking that low. Wow! Yeah,
3: for a small, for a small operation, the permit is permit is very affordable. You know?
0: Wow, that's very cool. And, and then as, you as the, your
3: operation gets bigger and bigger, the permit gets more and more expensive.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, because yeah, there's not really an avenue like that, at least in Michigan anymore, with the medical market, where before, like somebody who was a caregiver could actually bring their flower to a dispensary they may or may not test it that wasn't necessarily the best time for all that but uh you know that as far as having people interact positively it was Yeah. yeah
3: yeah now i had a call from a customer who had uh gotten permitted to grow and he uh he had throughout the year he'd been calling me and asking me for advice and you know, I, this is what I do. This is my job to help people, uh, you know, uh, understand the basics of growing whatever it is they're growing. And so he was growing, you know, cannabis. And, um, at the end of the year, he called me up and he said, uh, I just wanted to call and thank you for all your help because I grew, I ended up growing 140 pounds of buds, flowers, and, uh, I sold them to one place for, Two thousand dollars a pound. He was a very happy. Kid.
0: Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. my goodness! <laughs> nice. Holy shit! Adam, yeah. Wow! I'd so be saying thank you. Wow!
3: <laughs> so he said he was going to come by and he had something for me, and I said, "I hope I can roll it, roll it up and smoke." And he, but I haven't seen him yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome, man! Well, congratulations. Mm. I mean, that's a great. That's a great compliment. Yeah, yeah. it was. Right. Yeah, that's got to make you. Most feel of the time, good.
3: you know, when you're in business, people just call you with complaints, and yeah. uh, we get we get a fair amount of flattery.
2: That's good, man. It makes you feel good. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're right where you need to be in life. Yeah. Damn right. Damn right. Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> I wish I had a gig like that. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? You know what man? Dude, I, <laughs> that's cool, man. I'd love to do something like that, and then uh, just sell it to the dispo. <laughs> yeah. Here you, here you go, state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but
3: and every and what he did was 100 yeah. legal.
2: Yeah, you know? can't beat it, man. Can't beat yeah. it. That's awesome. <laughs> no strings attached. That you is very cool. That. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah. Oh, don't worry. I I I'll, I'll holla at you if if I ever get to that point. I tell you, look as soon as as soon as they open, as soon as they open up, however they're going to figure this out for the state. I definitely want to f- try to like look into it just to see. If it's uh-huh. even possible to pull something like that off, because they don't have anything like that figured out yet, to my knowledge. No, uh, we'll see. But yeah. I, I'd, I'd be trying to jump on that shit as fast as I could. Right. Yeah. I'm just hoping it's not one of those things where you gotta like, eh, already have like the pre-existing um, CBD growing thing that they ha- they offer for these people that they can apply for. I wonder if it's going to be one of those type things that gets lumped into this other thing. You know, I wonder if you have to have one before the other. That's yeah. something I need to. Uh, hopefully, they announce that sometime soon, so people can get prepared. Because you know, there's only going to be so many slots, I'm sure. Oh
3: yeah, well, you know, growing hemp was well was legal well before yeah. uh, growing cannabis. So, um, but you know, the fact is is that without a lab, the difference between a hemp plant and a cannabis plant is indistinguishable. You can't really, you can't yeah. tell. It has the same terpenes. It has the same, uh, you know gooey buds and everything else and and uh uh, unless you have a lab to measure the thc there's you know there's no idea no no one could walk into a hemp field and tell the difference between hemp plant and a cannabis plant so so a lot of the hemp growers they would you know they'd have a little section of their hemp field (laughs) there and you know nobody could tell the difference so yeah yeah Yeah. that'll be me
2: <laughs> just don't just don't test those test yeah. all those <laughs> well it was
3: funny because there was a story it was a few years ago there was a story about um the i guess the uh, this hemp grower had uh had been uh, an official came in and took a sample and tested it And it tested at about 19% THC. And with hemp, you're not supposed to have anything more than 0.3%. So, so at 19%, so they so they came back to uh, to you know to see to, to take some more samples to make sure that it wasn't a whole field of cannabis. And the whole field had been harvested when they came
4: back. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what was happening. They knew what like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Like, today. We gotta get rid of these. That's
2: great. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh shit. No. But uh no, that's cool, man. Well, maybe we could uh maybe someday we can get uh your counterpart on. Maybe we could have him as well pick his brain. If he's down for that
3: <laughs> yeah maybe he's yeah. he's more of the uh, uh, you know he's the graphic designer he designed the web yeah. page he designed that brochure that you have in your yeah. hand he's the one that created the um, well, he didn't create the scoop but he found it and had yeah. it printed and Screw you know he, d- he does all of the promotion part and I'm <laughs> a, I'm the uh, you know sort of the tech uh, the person tech when it comes to the actual
2: fertilizers and, and what yeah, they do. The raw, the raw the soil science
3: and all
4: yeah. that. That's cool, man.
2: Does, does, does he
3: grow? Thing? Uh, yeah, he actually, he does, but That's he's the, a, is he
4: an outdoor guy too, or? Does he uh,
3: yeah, well it? he is, but he's in a state that he, <laughs> he
2: does oh. not. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's no, cool. That's cool. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. So. Hell yeah. yeah.
3: So he, but that state is coming around too.
2: So. Good. 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 on, good. Him. Get, get on him. Yeah, man. But well, we love your shit, man. It's it's some good stuff. I tell you that. I know. I keep what? I keep bragging on you, but Wait, it, have I really you seen mean the it. back of the T-shirt? No, yeah, no it's actually, it's
3: on the brochure. Our shit's yeah,
2: better. Our shit's better.
4: It yeah. is. Yeah, that's it is. That's a
3: slogan that uh, that Slava came up with.
2: <laughs> yeah. Our shit's better. Yeah, <laughs> that is but good.
3: Did, yeah. You know, but I gotta tell you, when we uh, when we applied for registration in the state of California. They wouldn't. They wouldn't allow us to have that slogan on our label. Oh really? Yeah. They they said that's we're funny. not. We can't uh, appear to endorse expletives. know, I always say You know. That's to, you know you...
2: Wait, hold up. Is this the state of California? I'm sorry. Really?
3: Come on. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's fine, oh uh, lord so well, his
4: his, his his uh artwork and designing yeah capabilities solid
2: are fantastic well yeah. nonetheless nonetheless we're giving him a shout out so thank you for all you do both of you yeah
3: <laughs> yeah he is a he is an exceptionally good graphic artist
2: yeah
4: yeah
2: it,
3: uh,
4: i love it for a
2: it is his great work yeah yeah we need to get rudy we need to get rudy on board try something this year <laughs> Yeah. Next time I'd you grow to. outside, man, you ought to put a little pot off this side. Just try it out. See what you yeah. think. Mm-hmm. It is cool. I mean, you, I can, just, grow it. you I, can use it
3: inside too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, how I use it.
3: And it works better in soil than it does hydroponics.
2: Yeah, I can see that mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm a soil guy. so Yeah, I feel like they definitely bind better together. Yeah. But uh, I wish I could figure out a way to run bud bread through the auto pot reservoir and actually have... Results that are good. <laughs> well, I don't want to.
3: If you can keep the reservoir agitated, uh-huh. uh then that'll work. But the problem is, is that you run into the same problem that people run into with compost tea, is that if you put bud bread in water, it's gonna, you know, the organisms that are in there are gonna use up the oxygen, and then your water is gonna go anaerobic. So
2: anaerobic. Yeah.
3: Uh, so the so what you can do is you can use like an air stone or something in your reservoir to keep it oxygenated and um, and also agitated to keep the the suspended particles uh suspended rather than uh, So let me
2: ask you this while it's fresh on my mind. So if you so say you have like a 12 gallon reservoir, right? Mm-hmm. And I've got a, a a circulation pump at the very bottom that's doing this. It's going going through the top coming down doing like this. Yep. Um would an air stone be beneficial as well to add yeah. to that just Yeah, for extra probably air? Would. All uh, that's because all where, water, where so.
3: you're getting that uh, dissolved oxygen is just on the surface. Yeah. And so the circulation pump is helping to oxygenate the water. But if you don't have like a, a fountain, you know, yeah. that's putting it up in the air,
2: yeah. you're not
3: getting as much uh, dissolved oxygen as you would with an air stone.
2: So the air stone would suck that up and keep that going as well. Okay. I see Well, what you're the air stone
3: is basically, yeah. your air stone is at the bottom of your reservoir. Yeah. And it's pumping air from outside into that water. And so all those little bubbles are going to be uh, dissolving and the water is going uh, uh, you know, to dissolve some oxygen in it and that's going to feed the organisms. And even if you didn't, you didn't use uh, any um, organic fertilizer in a hydroponic system, an air stone is a good idea. Because oh, that dissolved oxygen is really uh, important.
2: Yeah. yeah, I can see that.
3: Sure. It's important for roots because roots use oxygen and they exude uh, carbon compounds and carbon dioxide, whereas the foliage, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship between the top of the plant and the and the underground part of the plant because the leaves are absorbing carbon dioxide and they're releasing oxygen. The roots are doing the opposite.
2: Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Nice. You I, know, what's even cooler
3: is that plants uh, in soil, this is, I don't think it can work in, in um, uh, hydroponics, But and I learned this from Elaine Ingham at Soil Food Web, is that the plants can actually create uh, these photosynthates that they exude from the root systems that trigger different biological reactions. For example, if a plant feels like it needs phosphorus, it can create uh, exudates through the root system that attract phosphorus solubilizing bacteria. And that bacteria will solubilize any phosphorus that's in the rhizosphere and feed it and make it available to the plants. So the plants are actually in a way communicating with the organisms in the soil. They're just, they're feeding what they need to do what, you know, and this, you'll find that to be true throughout nature, you know.
2: It's amazing. Isn't it That's amazing? It really <laughs> it's very is.
3: Fascinating, yeah.
2: It is. I can I can listen to you talk like that all day, man. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's cool.
3: Well, you know, now, there was a there was a program on, I think it was on PBS uh, about um, these ecosystems and the curse of the, and and different plants and stuff, and they and they really showed these interrelationships between. Uh, All these different plants and the animals and the birds and the atmosphere and they all played a role in creating this one ecosystem, and it was really fascinating.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Have you ever? Do you have a uh, Netflix? It's a show documentary called "A Fantastic Fungi." Yeah, yeah. oh my goodness, you need to see that. Like, is that by that
3: guy Stamets?
2: I don't know. Really, yeah. He uh, wrote.
3: You know, he wrote. Um,
2: I can't remember who did quite, it. But. Uh,
3: that sounds sounds Mike correct. Michael running.
2: As oh is, uh, wait, hold on. Is that the that's the is that the mushroom guy? Or is it um what's his name? Yeah, the know.
3: mushroom guy. Yeah, the
2: mushroom He's, guy. Yeah,
0: we're talking about yeah, the same yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think.
3: In fact, you, you, I don't know if you have ever read anything by Michael Pollan. He wrote "How to Change Your Mind," and it's all about psychedelics. <laughs> and um, he quotes that guy, that mushroom guy, because the mushroom guy was pretty. Adept at growing
0: psilocybin mushrooms, you know. So hell yeah. Yeah, Paul Stamus is awesome.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. no we were trying we were discussing fantastic Fungi. Uh Rudy, who who did that? Is that the same guy?
0: I can't remember his name. I think it's the the guy yeah, he was who does a, another show about drugs. <laughs> I can't remember the uh, worst. Okay. <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs>
2: Hamilton well, I just I just love hearing I like I just love hearing the uh, the the network talking like it's pretty neat it's got like a narrator narrator is being the the creature I don't know how to describe, like, the under the ground is like talking right. it's it's cool Yeah 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 Very it's cool, cool how the, in that in that documentary how they broke down
4: how roots how different plants communicate through the roots how they can sense Yeah you know different different warnings and, it's and triggers sure. and stuff
2: it's yeah. the yeah it's the fungal network that connects everything together as one yeah. and it's like it all it talks and it dude it's in it's it's interesting it's like putting a face to a name almost is kind yeah. of what that documentary is like it, it almost makes you feel like you understand it all a lot better yeah. after seeing it a um, lot of people don't get forward.
3: into uh um, yeah. you know researching things like that but i you know they like they like reading fiction and and i have a recommendation there's a book called the overstory and uh and it's it's fiction it's a novel but he gives you so much information about the ecosystem in a forest and yeah. how all of these plants communicate with each other and even how a dead tree you know is so important to all the living trees that are around it you know it's just it's just an amazing story about you know and, it's of course it's, it's it's got a story to it and it's fictionalized but it's still the information about forests and trees and and fungus and and you know the all everything that lives in the forest is true and uh, it's very educational yeah
2: mycelium that's mycelium that's the word i was looking for mycelium mycelium running yes mycelium
3: yes. running was a book by um i think Michael Phillips who just recently passed away actually just early late last year yeah. And he's a Vermonter and he was he was a uh, an organic orchidist for decades.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hey, hey, he was a Vermonter.
3: Nice. Yeah. Michael Phillips is his Michael name. Michael Phillips.
4: Yeah. I've always listened to like the uh the Jeff Lowenfeld's books. Yeah,
0: those are good. Yeah, they got a lot of knowledge yeah. in those. Teaming with fungi and teaming with microbes.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. even got like an autoflower book.
3: Yeah.
0: That's a pretty interesting
4: book right there. If you're in all Didn't you
3: team up with um, Frank Rosenthal in that first, the early, back when it was back in the early 70s, they produced a marijuana growing book. Oh, really? I think it <laughs> yeah. and Rosenthal. Well, yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, because I think he wrote for, what was it, Home? And Go- it was one of these article pages that he wrote for for years, I think, too, as as well as being a writer. Yeah, um, I, yeah, something like that too. I, I remember seeing something. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, but. I think Frank Rosenthal started that university. Uh, I can't remember the name of the university. O- Overdivest or something like that. But it's a university for learning how to grow pot and and all of yeah. the ins and outs of cannabis. Yeah,
0: you know? that's cool. Yeah. Are we talking about Ed Rosenthal? Ed, that's what Ed. Right Ed. Yeah. Yeah, I forget the name of the book, but he yeah he wrote one of the seminal books on growing.
3: Right. Well, he's and he's he's had several editions, and the and the latest edition is has got so much more information in it than his original one.
4: He has the can, Ed Ed Rosenthal has the Cannabis Grower's Handbook. Right. That's it.
3: I have the original edition. It's like falling apart. It's so old. <laughs> the OG. That's cool though.
2: Yeah, that needs to be passed down generation to generation, just continue passing it down. Yeah, I had it
3: on my my bookshelf with the binding in, so you couldn't read what the Uh but you know, about a years ago, I I turned it around, put the binding out.
2: That's one of daddy's books, you can't see that side.
3: That's funny,
2: that's good. Um,
4: so I want to talk about your products a little bit, a little bit more. Sure. The uh the angel's touch, what is that? Because it just looks like black, sand or something or black charcoal. Diamond. But that stuff, it it is so. I don't even know the word for it, but when it dissolves, it turns so dark that it'll stain anything. Yeah, right.
3: Dude, yeah. What, what is that? Okay, so there's two ingredients in that. They're both soluble. The first one is a soluble seaweed extract. It's an Ascophyllum nodosum which um, really does, has, it has a lot of plant growth hormones in them, like gibberellins and auxins and, and uh, cytokinins and things like that. And, and the plants react in a number of different ways, but because it's a natural material, it's not, uh, it's not like one specific hormone that does one specific thing. So one of the things that I find with the soluble seaweed extract is that it really helps a stressed plant. And, uh, you know, especially like uh, from transplant stress, for example, transplant stress will set a plant back two to three weeks. But if you soak that root ball in a solution of 100 to 1 with the uh, with the uh, soluble seaweed extract and put it in the ground, it just wakes up like like you do in the morning. You know, it just continues growing like it, nothing ever happened. And the other ingredient is a soluble humane. And we get this humate out of Alberta, Canada, which has the highest, uh, the lowest amount of ash and the highest amount of humic acid and fulvic acid. And those acids make trace elements, obscure trace elements, which the plant needs, but has a hard time getting. It makes them more available. So the combination of the two, the plant is, is just such a, um, um, a nutritional bath for the plant. You know? And it grows. The other thing it does is it grows the really, really fine microscopic root hairs. And those microscopic root hairs have a much easier time absorbing nutrients than than the big, thick mondo roots. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, the mondo roots are really more structural than they are feeders. Oh wow, interesting.
2: Yeah, when you mix it, when you mix it, dude. Yeah, I I believe it creates that. um, What is the word? Vanta black. I think it is. Yeah, it is so dark. It's like the black is black, and <laughs> yeah. it's like
3: yeah. yeah, we we did experiments with it um, yeah. many many years ago, and we would take cuttings and we'd stick them in. We'd stick one cutting in water, and then another cutting in water treated with uh, with the Angel's Touch, and then uh, but we didn't call it that back then. But anyways, uh, in within one week. The, oh, and we had to use like a quarter of the dose. So instead of hundred to one, we were mixing at four hundred to one because you couldn't see through the liquid at a hundred to one. You couldn't see what the roots <laughs> were doing. You know? Yeah, it's so stuff, was, it's like the experiment ink. was was you know it was it was moot. You couldn't even see what the what the product was doing. But so we mixed it like four hundred to one, and and you could see within a week there was twice as many roots on the treated plant after 2 weeks you could barely see through the glass the root uh, mass was so big and after 3 weeks we had to we had to transplant and then we took both plants and transplanted them the treated and the non-treated and within a week the treated plant was like twice the height of the of the non-treated plant so wow. it was pretty amazing it was pretty significant too
0: wow and that's just from the angel's touch
3: yeah just wow. from the
0: to man, so yeah, it sounds this... like that's the way to go for cloning.
3: Yeah, well, that's right? why. We, see, the the transplantal meditation is just the soluble seaweed extract, and that and we use that just for cloning and for transplanting. Uh, whereas the the angel's touch is more of a maintenance product, which gives the plant both the the seaweed and it gives it the humates, which helps it. Uh, uh, absorb more trace elements, valuable and essential trace elements.
4: Wow. Wow. Yeah. The angels touch was, I started off with bud bread only, and then I upgraded and got the coming of age and I was using both of those. And then lastly, I got the angels touch. And ever since adding angels touch, my plants have been so much more happy, so much more pretty. They just overall, yeah. they're just happier plants
3: happy is the
4: best way to describe it yeah yeah you know um that's great man i i, I love what you guys have created here
0: Hundred i'm really looking forward to using it totally yeah man yeah, yeah well you
4: broke that down so great like yeah, he I, did he did can we go over the other two i mean <laughs> yeah yeah sure might as well okay, let's well, talk let's, about yeah. let's start yeah. with the with the bud bread hell yeah what is bud bread
3: well, uh, bud bread has, you know, one of the things that we really try to do is get a a, a large diversity of ingredients, so that the plant isn't living on just. Well, my example was macaroni and cheese. You know, I love macaroni and cheese, but you know, uh, you can't live on it. You got of have you got to have other things in your diet. You know, and so we we created a a mix with a lot of different ingredients, all of which are meant to add diversity to the plant's diet and make it a much healthier plant so the bud bread uh we tried to keep all of the ingredients with a you know with densities that are a little heavier than water so that they wouldn't float on top Uh, but other than that we really tried to use a lot of diverse ingredients and uh, you can see on the label what is in it and there's a lot of there's some things that are you know, in the where it says the guaranteed analysis, underneath that it has derived from. Now the derived from list is only what the oh, guaranteed yeah, analysis is derived from, but it also has ingredients like cumates and azomite, which is a volcanic source of trace elements, uh, and things things that don't add to the MPK or or the calcium or magnesium that are claimed on the minimum. Uh, on the guaranteed analysis. So we can't put the them in the derived from list, but we can put them in other ingredients list. So that's the that's awesome. read.
4: right on. Yeah, and so coming out.
3: of age uh, we used uh, you know the we didn't use a lot of phosphatic material because this whole thing about uh, drowning your plants in phosphorus is a myth. And if you look at, and we studied leaf tissue uh, analysis of over 100 different plants at every stage of growth. And what we found was phosphorus was the least needed nutrient of, I mean, the, the, the plants need more calcium than they need phosphorus, you know. So, so we, you know, we created the, the, like the bud bread, if you look at the analysis, That's basically the exact ratio that cannabis plants want those three nutrients in, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. They use potassium more than anything else. That's what you find in the leaf tissue. So that's where we boosted the potassium in that to be the highest of of the three nutrients that we're claiming in that grade. So, And then in the the, uh, coming of age, we added some iron because uh that's the stage at which the plants really need a little bit of iron to uh to grow to keep their uh the turgor and their and to grow decent buds that's and a, they grow great buds
2: yeah. yeah very good
3: very good
4: buds <laughs> not decent buds they grow great buds hell yeah, yeah they
2: do <laughs> <laughs> yeah delicious buds
3: they are they are delicious <laughs> and, happy.
2: <laughs> and happy deliciously and happy
3: yeah and their happiness makes us happy, yeah, <laughs> yes,
2: very much so. <laughs> damn right.
0: That's really fascinating to know about uh, potassium and and phosphorus. phosphorus I yeah. definitely uh, just common wisdom was like, oh, uh, lots of phosphorus and flour, you know
3: yeah. And what happened was you know somebody came up with this myth that you know flowers like lots of phosphorus. okay, well, they like a little phosphorus. I'll grant you that. But what happened was the fertilizer companies, they did the same copycat thing as the um, as the, uh, uh, you know, the state legislatures that are governing uh, growing weed. They're just copying other people. So for, for mm-hmm. decades, these fertilizer companies were looking at other fertilizer companies and saying, hey, look at their formula. We can make something like that. But in reality, that wasn't really what the plants wanted. You know and the, and the same thing goes with conventional agriculture. You see a lot of times the the, uh, the on the on the fertilizer shelf they have 10-10-10 or triple 15 or triple 20. That's not how plants like those nutrients. They don't need it in that ratio. You know, and yet we call that a balanced fertilizer because in our minds, you know, 10-10-10 that's a nice balance, isn't it? But not for the plant. And the plant doesn't have a mind, but the plant doesn't really want you know, 10, 10, 10. They want maybe something like a a 10, 4, 20, you know, something like that, you know. And that's, and and again, you can't get those levels of those concentrations of nutrients in organic fertilizers. Organic ingredients just by nature are not that concentrated. So, and that saves you the the worry of uh, burning your plants too. And don't get yeah. me wrong; you can burn your plants with with organic fertilizer, especially if you use them in a in a container in a potted environment. The roots have no way to escape it. In the ground, if you overdose, the roots can actually escape. They can get outside of that that realm of of too intense amount of fertilizer. Mm. But for the most part, I found that organics it's very hard to overdose. You have to do it on purpose.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You, Yeah. Cause like if I haven't OD'd any of them and still had awesome bud, then you can literally just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can, you can overdo it, but you're just wasting it. I mean, that's really sure. what it comes yeah. down to. Well, not only
3: that, but it's not that healthy for, yeah. I mean, when you think about a, a luxury consumption diet yeah. in humans, you know, that's, that leads to obesity. Well, the same thing in plants, that luxury consumption is not healthy for them,
1: especially
3: when you consider nitrogen, if you feed it too much nitrogen and it can't process that nitrogen back into protein fast enough, you end up with a lot of soluble nitrogen in the form of, of peptides and amino acids that are in the vascular system of the plant. And that attracts insects, it attracts fungi, it attracts all kinds of pathogens that you don't want in your plants. Yeah. So overfeeding the plant is not doing you a hell of a lot of good.
0: No, it's not giving you any favors. That's for sure. <laughs> that's kind of like how mosquitoes go to people. that drink a lot of soda. You get more yeah. sugar in your blood. You get more sugar in your blood. <laughs> is exactly. that true?
3: Is that true? Yeah, I want to know, know that. It's, it's a. It's a folk <laughs> All
2: right. Somebody looked look that up. We got to find out. It just out.
3: brings to mind the. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw the Tabasco commercial, where this guy's just sprinkling Tabasco on his uh, his sandwich, you know, and eating it. And this. He's sitting in, you know, some bayou setting, and and this mosquito lands on his knee, and he's watching it, and then the mosquito takes off, and he gets about eye level, and then he explodes. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the funniest commercial I've ever seen.
2: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So this is. Oh wait. Did I? I Google it right. So sugary foods will definitely make you a target for these flying critters, as the smell of sugary. Oh no! It's just the air. Hold on,
0: I'm trying to find out. Smell your breath, maybe. Sure, it makes them less likely to bite. Feeding mosquitoes sugar.
4: Mosquitoes love my ass, though. I'll tell you that. Well, we yeah, yeah. We got a, attracted a, to carbon think,
3: dioxide, much like plants are.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. So uh, while. Here you go. I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off. So, why do they love sugar? That doesn't mean mosquitoes are attracted to people who have sweet blood. Okay. So,
4: I got sweet blood?
2: <laughs> I, don't I'm, I don't know. I don't I, know. <laughs> I, that's too much Googling for one episode. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find out later now. <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm not sure what attracts yeah. mosquitoes yeah. to particular people. I know my wife. Yeah. If well we're up. outside. She gets attacked more than I do, and she doesn't yeah. eat a lot of sugar.
2: Yeah.
4: Oh, whatever. whatever
3: it is, I have it
4: because. Yeah. I tell you what, we can. I can be outside and nobody else will have a single mosquito on it, but I'm sitting here smacking the shit out of my legs. Yeah. Mosquitoes won't leave me alone.
2: I got tore up at your house last year. Anyway, that's shit. And they see it welts up real bad on me. Like they get real
0: fat on me sometimes.
2: You got that fair skin.
0: Yeah, that fair skin. <laughs> <you
4: know>?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool to think about, like in the uh, what you were saying about nitrogen. I just never thought of it that way. That that it, it's sort of like overindulging. Yeah. Which is then yeah going to going to like throw the systems off and make it unhealthy. Yeah, you don't want to eat too many Big Macs in one week,
1: right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Is lockout right. nutrient lockout is something sort of similar or related to what you're talking about, where you would build up too many, like, forgive me, the super simple way of thinking about it, but too much stuff in one area, so then it like blocks the transfer of anything up the stalk of the plant. Hmm.
3: I'm not sure if that actually occurs in a cannabis plant, you know, that nutrient mm-hmm. lockout. Cause, um, uh, I think that, you know, when the, when you measure the, um, nutrient, uh, content in the vascular system of the plant, it's from, it's from the very base of the plant all the way to the tippy, the apical bud, you know? So, um, I'm not sure that the plant can actually, can actually regulate that. And when you see, uh, nutrient burn obviously the plant's
0: not regu- able to regulate I'm, yeah i've occasionally gotten this thing i just always interpret it as lockout where if i've stressed or o- basically overdosed a plant the base of the stalk will be very thick and then it'll go skinny within a few inches and then it's skinny all the way up and that always to me just kind of like intuitively looked like it was locking out at that spot in the stem um so, but that yeah, I'm not sure if really that's actually
3: the case, right? On um, yeah, you know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen things uh, where the stock will change its diameter suddenly, and um, but I, 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 I don't know if that has anything to do with nutrient lockout. It could be hmm. just the genetics of the plant itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wonder. Maybe it's just one of the phenos of you know. And I'm I'm playing with like randomly bred auto strains that I'm working on, so it could just be that. Saving, yeah, like how you would get a runt. Yeah, that's yeah. true.
2: Huh. It's so, something to think about.
4: Yeah. There's this argument that goes back and forth that I've been hearing forever about inorganics. Does pH matter or does it not matter? I think it
3: matters. Yeah. We have that in our frequently asked questions of our, our, um, uh, on our website. But, you know, think about where some of the strongest, Land race strains ever grew. You know, in the, in the Middle East and uh, Afghanistan and places and where all the Kush varieties uh-huh. uh, are coming from, those pHs are typically very high, uh, usually eight and a half or higher. And hmm. it, it hasn't bothered those plants at all. Uh, the acid, acidity will bother the cannabis plant much faster than alkalinity. But even in some of the um, South American land raised strains, where soils are naturally more acidic, uh, that they do they do fine. But, but I find that in for me, I think the best pH, at least for outdoor soils is somewhere between six and eight. They, the plants will tolerate a very wide pH range. Now if you're growing indoor plants, uh, you know, people worry about the ph of their water and their fertilizer that they made into a you know a, a liquid application and if you're growing in hydroponics then you have nothing there to buffer the ph but if you're growing in soil it's it, the soil will typically buffer the ph to you know whatever the plant needs so uh, i don't believe that ph is as much as an issue as a lot of people make it into. Really?
2: That's interesting. Yeah, I would, and then seeing that, that's how I look at it too. I I, I always kind of looked at it that way because I was always, you know, doing the least as possible. So I always had good results and I'm like, oh, well, it must not matter too much. Right. <laughs> I think it's a range. It's 100% right. a range. And I, I think if, yes. yeah, I think if you're in that, you're fine because in the yeah. the soil, will figure out the rest. You know, like you said. Yeah,
4: I try to keep mine around like six three six seven.
3: That's, that's fine. Yeah. I can't uh, think a of a single variety that would um, not do well in that. Yeah. When you get down into the range where people grow blueberries, you know, the four and a half to five and a half, that's going to stunt your plant. You're not going to grow a very good plant.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, it's good to be consistent, I guess. So either way, whether you check it or not, you know, it's, as long as it's consistent and you're able to keep going, then hell it works. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's can't true. be that right yeah but the plants will they'll tolerate a pretty wide range i know that the you know some of the kush varieties really like the, like the uh, more alkaline soil but you know i don't really think you'd make it would make that much of a difference if yeah. you were growing uh, you know like purple kush in uh 6.5 or
4: 8.5 okay i don't
3: think you would see a huge difference
4: yeah I wonder if it's just like where I I'm, I'm primarily an autoflower guy. I wonder if it's just autos are more finicky with pH. Oh, we'll see they that might could be. It be, yeah. might
3: be. I I haven't had as much experience with autos as I have with the photos, but um
2: You know what? I think I would have to agree with you honestly, dude. Um now that we bring that up, <laughs> I, yeah. I think I think I do think autos might be a little more sensitive to pH. I do. Uh, or yeah. at least, at least drifts. You know what I mean. I feel like yeah. they're. I think I feel like they're quicker to notice. Uh, maybe it might not even be that it affects them differently. It might just be that they're quicker to show because they age faster. they're more sensitive?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I yeah. I don't know. I we just figured something out. I don't know. I think we just unlocked something. <laughs> Hidden secrets of the universe <laughs> just came out.
3: But it could be that that Ruderalis strain is just you know because yeah. all of the autos have to have a piece yeah. of that Ruderalis strain. So. It could be that that Ruderalis strain is just more finicky about pH than could be, than the than the others. Yeah, then that's what I love about the indicas or the hybrids. You know, that's what
2: I love about this hobby. You know, I mean, every day you're you're finding out more and more possibilities of what could be because we don't really know.
3: We just know what we know, and that's it. Right. You know? right. So some of this but stuff,
2: there is question marks next to because sure. you're not studied enough. You know,
3: sure. And no matter how much you know, yeah, you have to be open minded to you have to to you have understand to. that there are things you don't know.
0: That's the truth. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it is. I, th- I think in communities like ours, too, there's work going on that like the industry has no idea of. There's small breeders and small testers, the groups of testers around people are doing like autoflower genetics that are really really doing like a lot of diagnostic work a lot of clerical work like lots narrowing things down yeah. breeding specifically for certain traits like all that is happening at quite a rapid pace very and rapid, not yeah just at home and on discord and on instagram people i don't think to each other, i don't think know?
2: the commercial market's ready for the uh craft cannabis wave <laughs> that's that's <laughs> happening that's happening in the shadows right now yeah <laughs> well, you
3: could make a good point because it's on a large scale it's so much harder to to do anything that is you know uh imaginative or creative you know yeah that's the truth well, it's
4: like the like you know quantity and quality you yeah. know as yeah. quantity goes up quality goes down
2: so that's the truth the and that's, that's what we're seeing right now this is what's happening right now here it's literally doing this yeah yeah you know yeah so
0: yeah. i could go either way and these auto flower genetics are doing their own sort of survival of the fittest the best ones are going to come through and people are going to keep growing those and working yeah. those strains so like we were talking about yields earlier there's autos now that you'll get in 75 to 80 days you'll get a six-foot plant that can make a pound it's really yeah. crazy yeah. yes yeah i'd like to yes. try
3: some of those beans
0: yes <laughs> yes yeah, they're we around. need, we need people to doing that
2: yeah we need to. we need to do a bean swap with this guy yeah. Share yeah.
4: Them mm-hmm. send them, yeah, send him some
2: Odin sons. Send him, yeah, send us some Odin sons. Yeah, we're about to uh, do a a, a grow along. April, was it April first? We're going to do uh, Odin sons on our uh our Discord. I don't know if you're on Discord, but we will send you an invite if you if you'd be interested. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, the Slava went to a trade show and he yeah. he came back with some beans. uh They were called jelly tits, and Ooh, I, jelly I got to grow them. You know?
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> Jelly, t- well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> the jelly tits. Let me see them jelly tits. Oh man, that what, what cool. was it.
3: I, something also, that uh, somebody, we gotta surprised. write a song about that. <laughs> yeah,
4: jelly tits. Um, something that surprised me was when I ordered this um, the gallon container of the bud bread. When mm-hmm. I got the scoop, it also came with a a pack of seeds. Oh yeah, oh, was,
3: those are the durban
4: poison seeds. Durban poison, oh, found photos. Yeah. That's what that yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: I'm
4: so glad those, were the,
3: those were the feminized seeds that I bred. Nice. Yeah, we yes. had so many of them. We started. We started sending them out to people who ordered. Ordered the bigger sizes. That's yeah, so that, cool. that was a
4: total shock. I was like, "Holy shit!" Well, this, this is, is this nice. Is pretty cool.
2: Now we know who. That's cool.
4: That's yeah. Me. So that's your whole personal
0: project. <laughs> You got a yeah. treat in your cabinet right there. That's awesome. and, uh,
3: and those, uh, you know, I've gotten some reviews from people who've grown those Durban poison plants, and people just love them. They just grow huge. They yield a tremendous amount of buds.
2: Yeah, you. And it's a, run pure, it's a pure. It's a pure sativa. Pure nice. sativa.
3: Yeah, yep. yeah. Land I definitely race. plan on running them. You got some yeah, gold. land race from uh, Durban, South Africa. Wow! Wow! When did,
0: when did you run those seeds?
3: Um, it was about three or four years ago. I, I, I had bought uh, some Durban poison from, uh, I think it was from Holland, actually. Marijuana seed breeders. Cool. And, uh, and then I, I uh, treated one plant with this colloidal silver. It was very successful. I got a lot of pollen out of it. And then I pollinated uh, painstakingly with a paintbrush. And that's why I got so many seeds. Uh, and I got 1,500 seeds out of a three and a half foot plant. And so, you know, I there's no way I was going to use 1,500
4: seeds
1: in a. That's yeah. awesome. Well, yeah, i was
4: so, super excited. Like I've just gotten yeah. into starting to grow photo period plants. Like this last run was my my first run of photo periods. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. And they're fems too. I mean, come on now. You can't beat that.
2: You can't beat yeah, that.
3: Awesome.
2: No, that's yeah. awesome.
3: Yeah, and I had one guy tell me he got a pound and a half off of
4: one plant. What? Damn! Damn. Yeah. that's what's up. Rudy's gonna buy a thing of bud bread now just for the yeah, seeds. He's, he's, <laughs> on yeah. he's on Amazon. He's on Amazon right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, don't uh, get it from Amazon because because no? it ships from Amazon. Actually, no the the gallon size we ship it because yeah, Amazon was charging us too much to inventory. it. Yep. So yep. yeah, we, so we ship the gallon size and yeah. The, uh just DM Slava telling you want some uh Durban Poison beans. <laughs>
0: there there you go. go. cool man. Durbin's no, yeah, I mean, right. Durban's one of my favorite strains. It, sure. it really is. It's its absolute yeah. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Monster too. Don't let Monster hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: That's awesome man. Uh, that now that there's a story to those it
2: makes it even more special. Yeah. It is way more special now. That's cool yeah
3: yeah Well after that success with the Durban poison plant, uh, then I decided hey I got to try this Bruce Banner because Bruce Banner just is a wonderful uh, variety for growing in Vermont. You get big fat, juicy buds. it's very it's not it's very resistant to disease and uh, and and it also it matures earlier. so uh, it matures earlier than the Durban poison does. And so uh, I was really enamored of that particular strain, but I haven't been able to, to breed feminized seeds from that. I tried four years in a row. Wow.
4: Now, is Bruce Banner, is that more of an indica-leaning strain?
3: Um, yeah, I think okay. it is. It's like 60-40 indica okay.
0: So it, It's pretty uh, strong. Right.
3: In fact, it several years ago, it won an award for having, having the highest THC content.
0: Oh, damn. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Damn. So yeah. that's a that's a real passion project. Are you just going to keep going until it works?
3: Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. He said, yeah. I'm going to figure this <laughs> out. <laughs> I don't give up easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah,
2: awesome. Right. That's sure. on going. Well, you're going to have to keep us posted on that, sir.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Good. 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 Because we're anxious yeah, to see that happen. It sounds like since it's so difficult, if you get that accomplished, you could like write a little white paper or something, but how to, how to feminize Bruce Banner. Yeah.
3: Well, <laughs> That's an achievement. Well, my last attempt, um and I finally got pollen pods to show up. I used uh the colloidal silver, the silver thiosulfate and gibberellic acid. And that did it as far as making pollen pods. But so far, I and I'm still growing this plant, hoping that maybe it'll create some pollen, but so far haven't seen any pollen.
0: Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. And so when you when the jabrilic acid, how do you apply that? Is that a spray?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You just spray the spray the nodes and spray the, the where the buds are starting to form. And and like I said, I mean if I took a picture of this plant, you'd be amazed at how many pollen pods. There's thousands of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like
0: a Christmas tree <laughs> with little white lights, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but awesome. there's no pollen in them. So, I, uh, you know, to be honest, I haven't, I haven't looked this up yet, but I was thinking about trying um, just injecting. I wonder if, like, you could inject a low PPM colloidal silver right into the stock at certain intervals, if that would you know, work. Mainline?
4: Yeah. <laughs> Let me know how that works out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll see. I should just die right away.
3: Yeah, hypodermic needles, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose I didn't think about that. (laughs) He's shooting up the (laughs) sacks. Oh, shit. Oh, well, good luck with that project. I'm sure that will be super satisfying.
3: I'm actually, I'm thinking that um, I may take a break from the Bruce Banner and go with the Purple Kush and try that, because the Purple Kush really grows very well, and that's a very nice strain. I, I made a, a batch of tincture with purple kush and you don't get that, you know, the hot, that intense uh, sativa high because it's a pure indica. And so I, I have edibles with it. And it's like, you know, you just, you feel this really, you just kind of zoned into, you know, whatever you're doing, whether it's watching TV, reading a book or playing guitar, you know, and then, when you go to bed, it's like, oh my god, I'm so fucking comfortable. This
2: is it. <yeah, laughs> this is the life, right here. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's where it's I'm true. trying to get. Yeah, that's where I'm so trying true. to get. That sounds yeah. inviting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, that's awesome.
3: So I, made, yeah, so I made a batch, a few batches of chocolate with that tincture, in and, and uh, I really like it. It's really kind of nice. It's a nice, smooth, easy high. And I can I, I could actually go out and do something if I wanted to, but um, you know the indica high is no, don't do that. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that's the end of the day. Then, yeah, just that's, just, yeah. just sit there and and be comfortable. You know? <laughs> yeah, take a nap. <laughs>
2: yeah. Don't go cut the grass; it ain't gonna happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so or shovel snow as the case or shovel be. snow.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So on your future crosses, are you planning on just giving them out with the Cold War? or are you going to plan on like starting like an own, like, a, like a well, we're,
3: thing? you know, we're kind of running down to the end of our Durban poison supply bean supply. So, uh, I'm not sure. And we haven't, ha- and we haven't had any success with, you know, making the Bruce banner or any crosses either. Yeah, uh, I actually tried to cross the Bruce banner with the Durban poison and that, I mean, yeah, with the Durban poison pollen that I had left over and I wasted all that pollen and it didn't work. I didn't get any seed.
2: Yeah. Oh no, wow. that's a bad feeling. Yeah, yeah,
4: it happens. So, yeah, the
3: Bruce Banner is not cooperating very much. I may have to try a different strain for a little while and then go back to it. You know,
2: definitely. That's cool, man. And then by sending them out like that, you're not only making someone's day, but you're also uh, helping test. You know, run it. You know, run it. Let's see some pictures. You know, yeah, get it out there. You know, just yeah. seeing your baby, seeing your baby out there on the internet. Right. You know? right. <laughs>
3: And yeah, the derby cool. yeah. poison is a pretty easy strain to grow.
2: Yeah. That's cool, yeah. man.
4: Yeah, I was shocked. Very cool. I mean, I was shocked when I opened it up and I just found a pack of seeds. I was like,
3: holy yeah.
2: shit, this is cool. I was like, what? Yeah, I saw it. And I'm, yeah, that, that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. And I
3: checked with, there's actually a cannabis lawyer in Vermont uh, who specializes in cannabis law. And, uh, and I checked with him to see if it was legal to send out seeds. He goes, if you're not selling them,
0: It's legal. Oh, right, that works. There you go. Hell yeah. Now, did he say it was illegal to sell them? This is something I've been curious about, like the whole seed market just kind of getting away with it, you know?
3: Um, Yeah. The seed market is getting away with it and it's illegal. If you're shipping outside of your state, I'm not sure about within the state, that would be the state rules. Hmm. But when you ship outside of your state, then you're in federal rules and, and it's still federally illegal. So, yeah.
0: everything is marked as these novelty collectible souvenirs. I think. It's yeah, like exotic ways. bird seed, exotic like bird seed or hemp, uh, you know, just hemp like snacks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's It's something I've just been curious about it and like looking into it. And it didn't seem like there was a clear, like, Definitive. nationally recognized legal avenue to start a seed company. But there's a shitload of seed companies. So oh, yeah, I wonder what's going on, yeah. you know, like but I think you're that right. it's just like dancing around regulations, writing things a certain way, kind of yeah you know, making it work, you know.
3: Well, not only that, but I mean you can mail seeds uh within anywhere within the country, priority mail, and nobody can open that package except you. Yeah, that's, that's the true. law, you know. So <laughs> so so that's the law. So you right. so people are getting away with it. Is and I think it's been largely
0: ignored, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I should clarify, too, when I say get in the way, I don't mean that in a negative way. I think it's great. Keep doing it, please. I love yeah. ordering seeds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Somebody listening heard the half of that. They're like, wait a second, Rudy. I don't know
0: about <laughs> this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I just, yeah, I wondered, like, uh, it's yeah. it's like in a lot of the states, the plant count does not really drive with the possession limit. Yeah. You know, if you work it out, it's like you're supposed to only grow a uh, half ounce plants, you know, to, cause you can say like in Michigan, you can have 12 plants, but you can possess a certain amount. That's, I think it's like two and a half ounces right now. Like, and, but that's, I think that's also like in your vehicle and stuff. So I'm a little yeah. bit unclear on that, but right. the, uh, like Vermont, the amount is ridiculous it. compared to the plant count.
3: Yeah. Well, in Vermont, uh, they understand that. And they, the limit to have on your person or in your car is one ounce but there's no limit to how much you can have in your home because mm-hmm. they know that if you grow certain strains you could get a pound or more off of one plant so you could have you know if you get say let's say you get a pound and a half off of two durban Poison plants and you've got three pounds of, of buds in your home that's yeah. that's legal yeah but if you want to give some of that to your neighbor legally, you can only give them an ounce at a time. So if your neighbor comes over, you can hand him an ounce. He can take it back to his house, put it in his house, come back and get another ounce. And there's no time limit. You know, it can be five minutes, but he can only have an ounce on his person at a time. Vermont's where it's at.
2: so this is what you do this is what you do this is what you do you get real slick with your neighbor okay and you you go over there you visit okay cool thanks for my ounce and then you leave a fishing line over there and then reel it back
0: in (laughs) 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 this is where like uh, yeah i think it just depends a state to state and depending like dispensaries here so if the michigan possession limit is two and a half ounces the limit per transaction is two and a half ounces, but the dispensaries will tell you that we can just ring up another transaction for you. If you want to walk out of here with seven and a half ounces, <laughs> right. three transactions. Yeah. So, right. uh, but there's, there's not really, you know, you would think that if that was such a strict part of the law, that they would be like, you can only do this amount before you leave, you know, and yeah. some like California is like that, but
3: yeah. Like, well, you got to figure your money is like water. It finds its way. <laughs>
0: it does. True. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very totally. true. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And well, there's yeah, usually I mean, a
3: workaround to every rule.
0: Uh huh. So, Always. I know Always this, a loophole. I, I know for sure the state of Michigan is not looking to lose the tax revenue they've been getting whatsoever. Right. So they're going to keep doing that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. they be fools to drop it, <laughs> lose yeah. that money. But yeah, yeah, man. Fascinating to see where everything's going.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: I like what you're saying about vermont it sounds like they get a real square head on their shoulders and everything is pretty common sense yeah that's awesome
4: yeah yeah virginia we're allowed to have an ounce on our person but i I don't think they really clarify how much you can have like at your house like i I think that's just like in the shadows somewhere because i haven't seen it (laughs) anywhere yeah
0: it's hard to i don't (laughs) ever found that defined either as far as your residence yeah
3: well, I mean, in Vermont—they say there's no limit, but you know, if if you got your house raided and they found fifty pounds, they they know you didn't get that off of two plants. And so,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think as long I as I you grew stay away fire, from that, yeah, you <laughs> 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 grow that fire, yo. <laughs>
1: Y'all just oh, jealous, man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but, yeah, I think I think the people are starting to see the light and uh, and I hope at some point we see that uh, that marijuana is like uh, cigarettes and liquor that you know okay we're not going to sell it to minors, but you know you should be able to buy it at the grocery store you know or the liquor store you know yeah I mean, 100
2: oh, yeah. percent yeah
3: I know in New Hampshire they the biggest um, uh, opponent to legalization was the New Hampshire liquor Commission. Uh, and they wanted to uh, they wa- they were going to uh, be a proponent of it if it was only allowed to be sold in New Hampshire liquor stores and, <laughs> and so and, but that that died a quick death so
4: yeah, I'm sure <laughs> yeah
2: it yeah, wasn't but...
3: going anywhere <laughs> yeah no,
2: not at all no. So. But, well, dude, I think I think we're all to the point of this conversation where we're uh, we're too stoned to ask you any more questions. So
3: <laughs> well, we did the full two hours. So we
2: did. We did. We did pretty we did good. We? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Oh, we're pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Close. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, man. But we'll we'll definitely uh, if you ever want to come back on, man, or uh, yeah, talk about anything in particular, you come on over. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah it's, it's been great. a lot of fun. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm more than happy topics. to impart whatever wisdom I've learned over the past 40 years, and uh, actually, <laughs> weed goes back farther than that. But, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. the fertilizer—you know—the fertilizer expertise goes back yeah. 40 years.
0: It's cool, yeah, man. I mean, and we really appreciate how you broke all that down. There's so much yeah. information in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Really
0: and great. the thing We're is, I mean, I'll be honest with you: the product it sells itself. Like
2: it really does. When someone gets a bottle of bud bread in their hand, they're like, Oh, okay. I get it. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. just it's, it's a nice. fantastic product. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you for yeah. that. Yes.
3: Well, thank you for trying it and telling everybody that you like it.
2: Oh yeah, man. Damn right. Yeah. Well, it's really say, what it
3: comes down to is exposure. You gotta get, you gotta get the word out,
2: you know, you do you do. And yeah. some of these sure.
3: other companies that are selling these very complicated and very expensive systems they did a great job of getting the word out
1: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, that's yeah. that's our big challenge right yeah now. just
2: getting the word out there and i will say this i mean the community loves you and we appreciate you and uh yeah keep I, on, I keep on kicking ass i tag
4: you guys uh yeah. on instagram on it, literally every single post i make
2: yeah try to get it out there yeah, yeah. appreciate that damn right absolutely <laughs> right all right buddy well hey have everyone have a safe week and uh and thanks for coming on, buddy. And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, if anybody wants to find uh, Cold War on Instagram co- at Cold War Organics, I believe, and their website yep. is the same. So yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. War, uh, War uh, com. Yep. Coworganics.com. Cool. So yeah. Cool.
3: And we have a lot of information on our website, you know, generic information about soil and nitrogen and, and our frequently asked questions are, you know, whenever we get a question from somebody, we add it to that frequently asked questions so that everybody can see. Yeah, uh, you even
4: have a, uh, you even have like a couple of YouTube videos on how to like mix the nutrients and everything, right?
3: Well, we have one. Uh, we, we actually ought to create a couple more because there's more than one way to use those products.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, and that's a good YouTube video. I learned a lot from that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep, yeah. Right. But uh, the frequently asked questions is great, too. There are quite quite a few good questions on the website. So,
3: yeah, definitely check that out. We just spell a couple of myths
2: on there, too. Yeah, right. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Have a great great week, man. Okay.
0: Thank you for listening to Crafting Cannabis. Follow us on Instagram at Crafting Cannabis Podcast or visit our website at craftingcannabispodcast.com.